Welcome to the Meet Me podcast, a podcast all about our multifaceted human nature and constant journey through self-discovery with personal stories and insights around trauma, motherhood, relationships, spirituality, and individuality. I'm your host, Michelle Malik. Thanks for listening. Hi again, welcome back to another episode of the Meet Me podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Malik, and I'm so appreciative that you decided to spend this time with me. Today's episode is going to be all about the inner child, and inner child work for me has been such an important part of my healing journey, and it's something that I'm realizing I can still incorporate in smaller ways in my everyday life. But for anyone new to the concept of inner child work, It's basically a way to heal the part of us that lies within our subconscious that still holds on to difficult experiences that we went through as children. You know, anybody who has experienced childhood trauma such as abuse, absence, or loss of a parent figure, instability in home life, you can definitely benefit from this. But even those of you who are listening that maybe had fulfilling childhood, I think that all of us have at some point had moments where you were talked down to or felt held back as a child that could still find some benefit in doing this type of work. As children, we are products of our environment. We're bound by our circumstances. We don't have a choice of what family we get born into or what our situation is. We don't necessarily have knowledge or resources in order to choose something different for ourselves. And a lot of the times um, as children, we can take whatever is told to us or given to us as fact. And especially in these early developmental stages when we're looking to the adults in our lives to provide guidance or love. When those things aren't met and we are given harmful messaging that we can't discern for ourselves, whether it be true or not, it can really affect the way that we perceive the world, our relationships, and of course, ourselves. And so we start to take on these new behaviors out of defense or protection. It was always very obvious to me that inner child healing would be essential as I started down this path. Um, just based on my experiences, which I've shared over the course of this podcast. And I just remember starting out in my healing journey. This was actually a very difficult process for me. You know, I, I knew I was broken. I knew that I had childhood trauma to sort out that affected me in my self-image and in my relationships. I, I knew that there was something to be done there, but truly facing it and actually accepting that in order to start the healing process of my inner child was not easy. I used to early on focus on, you know, how unfair it all was. Why couldn't I have a dad that was consistently affectionate and loving? Why did I have to lose my mom who I felt like was my escape route in some of the difficulties in my home life? You know, why was I burdened with this pain in my family when other people get to have perfectly healthy, happy relationships with their parents? And I, I do think that the deeper the wounds, the, the harder the acceptance part can be. So for anybody listening who has had, you know, deeply traumatic events, 
just give yourself grace if you're still not quite where you need to be when it comes to healing you know your inner child but i think for me i finally got to a point where i realized that i still had the rest of my life to live and rather than allowing my childhood or my past experiences bog me down and keep me bound I finally accepted that I can't change what happened, but I can start to look at, you know, what exactly it was that I lost in my childhood and understand what's still within my power to start to regain. So I wanted to share, you know, a few practices that helped me early on in this process um, that are really kind of entry points for anybody who's interested in doing some inner child work. I wrote letters to each of my parents individually, you know, addressing different areas of hurt that I experienced and what I wish they had done or what I wish that they didn't do. And I think there's something so powerful about writing a letter to somebody with no intention of sending just for you to get the opportunity to say everything that you want to say, you know, leave no stone unturned. But what's great about writing a letter like this is that you don't have to worry about a response, right? I always think about, you know, especially in regards to like my relationship with my dad, for example, kind of finding a way to just accept that I'm never going to get the response that I necessarily am looking for. So instead of setting myself up for failure and addressing all of these things and, and hoping that something changes, I can just get it out, release that from me, forgive, you know, what needs to be forgiven and, and move on. And also for, you know, anybody who has lost somebody, you know, writing letters to my mom has been super healing for me. I still feel her presence sometimes. So I try to address that in like journal entries, just saying I felt you show up in this way and allowing that to be another form of, of healing that aspect as well. I, uh, but I've also written a few letters to the younger version of myself or my own inner child. And I think that is also so helpful because it's a way for me to acknowledge what I went through as a child, letting my inner child know what it is that I've accomplished since then and, and working to find gratitude for all the things that I have now that maybe I always wished for when I was younger or had hoped for that I wasn't sure I was ever going to get. Writing a letter to your younger self can be so powerful in the release of blame. A lot of the wounds that we experience as children, it's easy to blame ourselves because we don't know any better. We don't have any other frames of reference. Again, you know, we're looking to the adults in our lives for that guidance. And so when they're telling us that we're wrong or that we've done something incorrect, that's kind of what we take as fact. So I think by writing that letter, to the younger version of ourselves is really essential in letting them know that they were innocent in all of it. You know, as children, they don't really take any blame in the hurt that we've experienced over the course of our lives because we were again, just kind of fallen into the circumstances and had to deal with it. So writing that letter can be a good way of reparenting yourself, basically being the adult that the younger version of yourself needed and can really help to reprogram some of the harmful things that you've experienced or words that were said to you. And again, you know, even if you're not where you want to be in your healing journey, 
I think that there could always be some gratitude that can be sent to yourself or to your younger self for doing what was necessary in order to push through and staying resilient, not giving up and allowing you to be in a place where you have the space and ability to even write to them from the other side of that experience. You know, there are other things such as inner child meditations, which is something I've shared before. You know, I've visualized the younger version of me and provided her comfort and security and, you know, allowed her to cry in my arms. Those types of things can be really powerful as well. I actually recently started working with a coach and she's also been helping me process some of the remaining trauma that I still carry today by revisiting specific instances where I felt less than or didn't receive what it was that I needed at the time. And that has really allowed me to bring some of these pent up things up to the surface because as with all trauma, you know, it has to be brought up to the surface in order for it to finally be released. I think that we can hold a lot of these traumatic events and experiences deep within our body because I know for me, one of the coping and defense mechanisms that I inherited during my childhood was just numbing it and staying distracted, you know, bury the feelings, smile through the tears, nobody has to know how bad it is and, you know, staying engulfed in friends and work and school relationships, anything to really keep me distracted from, from feeling the pain so fully. I realize that many of us will incorporate unhealthy coping mechanisms when we're dealing with the issues just again as a means for survival because sometimes that's what is necessary in order for us to get through it and to you know allow ourselves the space to move past while it's happening but these coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms can actually hold us back in a lot of ways once we start to maneuver through adulthood so it's also really important as we work through, you know, the inner child wounds to recognize where some of that childhood trauma is still showing up today. I know that's something I struggle with and that I'm actively working on is deflecting blame. I struggle with accepting that I've made mistakes or out of fear that I'll be looked at as wrong or a failure and it can just be really hard for me to accept some of my faults because subconsciously I remember what would happen to me when I would make mistakes as a child and it wasn't a pleasant experience and so out of fear that that might happen again I tend to deflect or shut down when I've made mistakes which you know is not a healthy way to deal with that but even a lot of the limiting beliefs that I'm actively working to overcome they do stem from different aspects of my childhood where Maybe I was told I was being too much or that my dreams were unrealistic. You know, things like body image can also be so rooted in what we heard or saw as children. For example, I used to be really hyper fixated on my arms. I didn't like how they looked sometimes. I didn't want to show them fully. And I realized a few years ago that this was actually passed down to me from my mom because I remember as a child, she was always overanalyzing her arms, saying that they she wishes they looked a different way or not liking how they fit in certain shirts. And so that awareness is so important, again, like it is with anything, because it allowed me to 
separate what I really feel and what was subconsciously downloaded into me. Not to say that this is ever like a one and done situation, right? You don't just bring awareness to an aspect of your childhood and suddenly that part of you is fully healed. I definitely still have times um, even since that realization where I can get self-conscious about my image, including my arms, but I can at least catch myself now and just be a bit kinder to myself when I have those moments pop up, just knowing that I actually have the power to reframe that and view myself in a different light. As I'm working through these limiting beliefs I've held, I realize how much we can actually learn from our inner child or, or just children in general. You know, I look at my son who's two years old and he doesn't overthink every single little thing before taking action. You know, when he wants to do something, he just does it. He's not afraid to ask for what it is that he wants or what he needs. He's not self-conscious about how he looks or what he's wearing. And I know that as he grows older and his imagination starts to run wild, I know that he'll have all sorts of dreams and aspirations for what he wants to be when he grows up. I look at who I was as a child. You know, I started dance when I was really young. I was never afraid to perform. I have so many pictures of myself where I was fully posing for the camera, you know, stepping into the spotlight. Even in like family gatherings when we would do karaoke, I wasn't afraid to grab the mic and put on a show. Or even in class, like I would be the first one to raise my hand if I knew the answer or volunteer for something. And these things I've noticed kind of slowly dwindled down over time. And I am so grateful that I have people in my life that I'm fully comfortable with, that I can allow those parts of myself to still shine through fully. But more so on like a wider scale, I've recognized that there are so many times where I would rather just kind of hide in the background or, you know, not allow that part of myself that was so open to the spotlight to come forward. And so where I'm at with my inner child relationship now is I'm really trying to find the balance between who I am now as an adult, you know, everything that I've learned, everything that I've experienced and taking my, you know, maturity that I've gained over over time to allow me to still bring balance into the aspect of myself that still has those childlike tendencies, right? I'm trying to allow my younger self to step into the spotlight a little bit more, allowing myself to remain more open to possibilities, to remain curious about new things, to dream bigger, to just live life a little bit more unapologetically and authentically to who it is I am, what it is I want to do, rather than allowing other people or fears dictate how I navigate my life. And I think I have a huge advantage now, especially being a mom, to consistently heal my inner child. Although I've said this before too, motherhood can certainly bring some of those wounds up to the surface and and can be tricky to navigate. But I really try to spend intentional time with my son, doing things with him that I loved as a child or that I know I always wanted to do. Just being able to help write his childhood has been so healing for me in this way because not only do I get to watch him experience things that bring him joy, but it also allows the little girl in me to feel fulfilled and enjoy those activities as well. 
you know, some of the things that I would do even before my son that I, I hope I can encourage some of you to, to partake in is just little things like drawing or getting a coloring book, you know, watching favorite movies of yours from childhood, going out for an ice cream cone, um, blasting music and dancing around the house like nobody's watching, which is something I do maybe a little too often, but just things that you loved doing as a child or things that you know you always wanted to do, things that make you feel completely free, those are all great things to do just intentionally that can really help the inner child aspect of our subconscious to feel safe and loved and appreciated. Especially right now, you know, with it being holiday season, I am definitely a sucker for all things Christmas. So I've loved getting into different crafts and planning different activities to get into the holiday spirit, which always makes my inner child really happy. But there are so many things that we can still incorporate on just a regular day-to-day basis, no matter what season, that can really make our inner child thrive. Things like trusting yourself and doing things that you want to do without worrying about what anybody else is going to think of it. These are things that the child in us wants to do, you know, letting your creativity run wild and picking up a creative project or putting yourself out there in a new way. I think that those are simple ways that we can provide consistent messaging to our inner child to say, it's okay to be seen. It's okay to just be you. And I think that is something that I know I'm really working on. I've done a lot of healing work with my inner child. I've processed a lot of my trauma. I still have more to go, I'm realizing now. It's a ever, ever winding road to healing. But I want to really take in some lessons from my inner child and allow her to shine bright and be in the center stage sometimes, you know, while using my discernment that I have now as an adult. I just think that it's so important for us to not negate the power that our childlike wonder and our childlike experiences have over us. It's still us. We've just grown and those parts still live within us. And so it's a matter of finding the things that are helpful and fulfilling and productive and getting rid of all the things that are not. That's really all I wanted to share today. I hope that this has encouraged you to do something that your inner child would love or send healing to them if that's really what you need right now. I am so grateful as always for your time and energy and listening to me. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at underscore Michelle Malik. I'd love to hear from you. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast to not miss any future episodes. I'm excited for what's to come and I can't wait to share with you again so soon. Until then, bye-bye.